Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League son, Andy Harrison, the loyal one, Joss Elliott, for your latest dose of all things Shropshire cricket. And welcome back to another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast, episode 35 and the much-awaited season review. As always, you can connect with the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag CowCorner and CowCornerSCCL to interact with us or at tag CowCornerPod on Twitter and at CowCornerPodcast on Facebook and Instagram. Anyway, as always, I'm joined by my good friends, Andy Harrison, the man with the Birmingham League ton, and Mr. Loyal, Joss Elliott. How are we, guys? Yeah, we're very well, thank you. Very good. Been a long time. Yeah, I, I think... Episode thirty-four. Is it? This is episode thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah. Thirty-five. Thirty-four must have been in two thousand nineteen. I think. I think we're the only cricket podcast that only records in the winter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we're the only podcast that puts an episode out every six months. To be honest, but uh, you know, yeah. could catch on. Could yeah, catch but now on. it's going to put them every week. Now. <laughs> <laughs> he's got. He's got Birmingham League friends now, though. John, no, you know, yeah. Will Parton. You know, he's in his pocket, isn't he? <laughs> Come off it. <laughs> anyway, before we get on to tonight's podcast, we have ourselves a very special guest here uh, to break down the season with and who will also be talking a little about his own cricket career himself. A legend of Shropshire Cricket League and the Shropshire County Cricket League community. He's got 138 wickets and 15,582 runs at an average of 43.28, 84.50s, 3400s, our guest tonight is none other than the man himself, Carl Starlin. Welcome, Carl. How are we? Hi, James. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for the invite. Good to see you. Long time no here. Uh, it's been a while. Um, so I think the only way to get another podcast out was to finally get my ass on here and get, get you doing it. So uh, yeah, thanks for the invite. Good to see you. Good to see Josh. And even good to see Andy. You're welcome. <laughs> Shropshire Cricket Royalty. It's, it, it is very nice to see you. Uh, 
It's at least 300 runs in that 1,500 to come off me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. And I, I, like 50, the way, 000, I like the way James mentioned the wickets first because they're, they're just as good for me. I've seen you bowl and that's a lot of... How have you got... You've burgled a few there, surely. So have you, Andy, in the time. <laughs> All right. All right, Joss. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen yourself bowl? Yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, I didn't Reverse think... trundle. Seven I, for seven. <laughs> Best figures, mate. So something I didn't want to mention in the introduction as a stats because I think it's, well, it's definitely going to be brought up tonight isn't it Joss I think you've got a little section that you want to do about Carl's highest score yeah I believe he scored 236 not out one effort that is but I also memorised um, Andy's figures because I only played in that game 18.5 overs one maiden two wickets for 152 runs and bear in mind that the last two balls he bowled of that 19th over both got wickets. So he was naught for 152 off 18.3 overs. In fact, Carl, have you ever had easier bowling to face? Uh, fodder. Absolute mm. fodder. He was uh, a young whippersnapper and, and he needed to teach him a lesson, to be honest. Turned up late, if I remember right. I did turn up late, so yeah. Started me and my with brother. 10 men, so he deserved everything he got. Me and my brother should just stay at home, to be honest. I think my brother's figures were worse than mine. Two yeah. overs, no maiden, naught for 52. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got to say, it... <laughs> I, I, it's a play, you weren't the worst player no, in have, the family. Have, have you actually looked at the... Uh, if you looked at all the stats, my economy was probably better than most of the other players. So It wasn't. I did look. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I was hoping you hadn't looked. But, uh, but yeah, Carl... You weren't, weren't the most expensive. Carl had my number that day, but Joss has said that he was keeping that day. And when you've got someone like Joss keeping, you know you're in trouble. You know you're I struggling for players. I didn't touch the ball. I, Carl I, didn't I think you're okay. Joss didn't miss the bat ones. <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah, it was a day I tried to forget. Didn't miss the middle. I, te- I tell you what, for any young cricketer, though, it, it's a good experience to experience uh, getting whacked around the park as a young bowler because it does rein you in. You think you're good. You're not. Go out there and improve. And it did you improve. You still have that problem, Andy. But I, I would say, say... How's your Birmingham League season <laughs> yeah. gone, mate? Shut up. <laughs> he has had the had it over me over the years, Carl. I've, I've got, you know, there's, there's batsmen I've had in my pocket for years. Name I've, one. I've really struggled with Carl. He said batsman. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he didn't mention me. <laughs> so, Carl, apart from Andy, has there been a, any other particular bowlers or teams that you've taken a liking to in your Shropshire cricketing career I, I don't think there's any any one team that stands out um I'm I'm more I would say situational and and I I I get really motivated by what's going on in a game so if somebody pisses me off then I'll dig in mm. um and and there's some that come to mind that where that's happened uh, and my teammates and the people who know me best say you know just go into this tunnel vision so, you know, you, you know I'm best mates with Jay Allen. And the one day he got a send-off uh, against Beacon, our friends Beacon, over over the river. I was going to say, Jamie Martindale isn't here tonight, uh, yeah, unfortunately. No, uh, it, yeah, <laughs> love was sent from all Scott Heath Cricket Club to him, I can assure you. Especially, especially somebody who's maybe a little bit closer to me than uh, a friend. Um, but yeah, um, got the send-off. Uh, and, and I remember my words to him. I said, don't worry, mate. And, and we needed probably 180 to win at this point. And I said, I'll win us this game. And, and I got a chanceless 120-odd um, just because they pissed me off. No love last. <laughs> <laughs> don't think Jamie talked about that game much afterwards, did no, he? He doesn't really talk about much cricket, does he? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Is there any highlights to his cricket? You know. <laughs> so in all your years, what are your particular highlights from your playing career so far? So believe it or not, I started 
in the second team as a leg spinner, number 11 batsman. That's how I started my career. Uh, I got my first ever 50 at number 7 or 8. Uh, and then my first ever league turn was 170 not out against Shellmarsh. And then got thrown into the first team. And I'll be honest, I was crap for three years. I played with the likes of Tim Clare, Terry Brentnell, Brian Jones from Newtown. And Brian, in particular, was a key inspiration, if I'm honest to me. Um, I opened the batting with Brian. And, and to this day, I remember, for those who have played at Allscott Heath, as you walk into the changing rooms, you see the um, the highest partnerships. And Brian Jones stood there as, as somebody who was well-known in Shropshire cricket. And he said, we'll never get on that effing board while I'm opening the batting with you. You know, 15 years later, I can only imagine how good we'd have been if we'd have been in our pomp together. So, wanting to speak, are you obviously from quite a big family and you generally all play cricket. Was it how big a part in your childhood? Was it instilled into you? Was it? Yeah, I, from as young as I can remember, my old man took me to cricket. Right. You know, one of five lads, he took us all to cricket. I remember pinching stumps from, from the cricket club to go and yeah. play over in the local green. Um, th- there's a funny story at Kai Glass, I think Kai Glass, where there's a big hill. When Gattica. I when Gattica. I was five years old, six years old, I don't remember how old, but young, I was with my two elder brothers, Craig and Twing, and I fell down that hill and it was full of nettles. And I fell for about 50 foot through nettles and my old man was playing at the time and he come over smacked me ass, put me on the side and said, be quiet, I'm playing cricket. <laughs> that's how things were then. Uh, but that's one of my earliest memories of cricket. But yeah, literally from, from as young as I can remember, we were at cricket. Yeah, I think I played against your dad many years ago. I played against the British Sugar as they were then. Yeah. Yeah. Was he a batsman or a bowler? So he was an off spinner who batted as well. So it was it was really good. You know, I say it's a big family. And, and the one game we actually played all five lads and my dad in the same team. I'm not sure that's ever been done before. Mm. Um, but one of my highlights was was batting with my old man. I think we were playing Willie. It was second team cricket. And we both, you know, 80-odd to put on 180 not out partnership between the two of us to carry mm. us home. You know, yeah, yeah. it's well, great playing with mates. But playing with your old man yeah. and, and bringing your mm. team home together. And we'd yeah. have both turned up that day without a shadow of a doubt. And, yeah. Precious memories, you know, life short and yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to play with my old man. He's my rock. He's the reason, honestly, he's the reason I do what I do for my cricket club. Mm. Uh, he's been there for God knows how long. Yeah. What One thing I'd like to say is, was there ever the chance to maybe play a bit higher? Obviously, you're a, you're a one-club man, aren't you? So yeah. you've been there all your life. And, and it's a lot of players like that. And I've got a lot of respect for players like that. Especially when they're in tough times. Maybe you go down a standard and you think to yourself, oh, I'm too good for this. But you stick with your club. Um, was there ever a real good opportunity that you you look back and maybe think maybe I should have given it a go? Honestly, never. I was ne- mm. I've never been asked. I, I've been playing cricket for us for what now? Twenty seven years, I think. Mm. I think I've been asked to leave three times. Okay. You know, I've been approached three times. Mm. It, when I say approached, I mean seriously. Josh tried to sign me for Alberbury tonight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, He's never been there. <laughs> but but on a serious note, you know, properly approached to leave three mm. times now. I assume that's because I'm associated as being all Scott Heath through and through. Okay. Um, but in terms of playing at a higher level, it's nev- the opportunity has never arisen. But the one thing I would always say, again, go back to my old man because he's my hero, he said, look, son, if ever you go and play higher level, I'll be there every week supporting you. Yeah. So he, he, would, he was never adverse to it. He, in fact, he probably encouraged it. But I would see it as a betrayal of my club. 
Yeah. I, I don't look back with any regrets. I look back with a few maybe what ifs, but never a regret. Yeah, because yeah. on the other, like for my side, obviously moving from Kund was very difficult because I was settled at Kund. Uh, but I, I made my mind up. Once I was playing in Division 1, I thought, I need to step up here. I'm at that age where I need to step up. And I've not regretted it since. And uh, But it, I, I do have so much respect for players that play for, for a single club because it's, it's unbelievable, to be fair. And, and clubs need players like that, don't they? Every club Absolutely, runs yeah, around yeah, a family yeah, or yeah, a player. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's a credit to your it, fair it, play. It's more than just the cricket for, for, for us. You know, my mm. best mate's Jason. My yeah. missus' best mate's Jason's missus. Yeah, yeah. Our kids are best mates. That would yeah. be detached if, if I'd have moved. He's not a bad best mate, is he? He's a bad best mate on finals oh, day because he drinks and is, drinks. Is, and is drinks. his liver okay? Or, you know, I've been out with you a couple of times. I've, I met you on Tin Town a few <laughs> times and he has been an absolute mess. They, these lads are comedy, to be fair. Fair play. Have a good crack. So in your time, is there a particular player or set of players who have really stood out that you've played with or played against? So played with, uh, I, I know, the old man, but was he the best? He wasn't, no, but he was my inspiration. The best player I think I've ever played with would be probably Brian Jones from Newtown. Right? Mm. Probably before your generation, you two youngsters. Josh, <laughs> you probably know him. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> and, and then, you know, you ask me the best player I've played against or best players I've played against. God, it's going back so many years. What I would do is I would discount overseas or professionals. Um, Going back to previous generations, there was, there was um, Neil Salisbury at Shelton, mm. um, you know, class. There was, um, I can't remember the guy's name, something Ellis at Frankton. I think it was Owen Ellis. This is going back to right when I started. Um, Gary Chester's at Coton Hall many, many years ago. Um, you know, nearer to now, when the Telford Mudland had a team, they had some banging players. They really did. They had a short opening batsman called Tarek Aziz. Never seen anybody hit the ball so cleanly as him. They had a, an opening bowler. I think his name was Adelat. We played at the Barring Rec once, and it had been peeing down. And he comes running in in trainers, and he was quick. In trainers in the wet, and he was he was quick. And then closer, you know, closer to now, I, I like the Wem boys. I think they're they're yeah. a golden generation. They it, really are. You know, they're a bit like the class of 92 at United. Mm. They've all come up together, the Coens, the Astleys. Mm. What a luxurious position to be in. And then they signed the fat boy over here a few, <laughs> a couple of years ago. Um, you know, Matty <coughs> Cohen, class. Danny Cohen, I've always rated. Polly was a good player I played with. Uh, Ian Pollard, left arm spinner. Good player. Who did he play for again? He played for us, mate. That's why I said I played with him. I was going to say, he, he, was, he was class. Yeah, so we, we got him from Lillishall. Good oh, player. some wickets he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, Played with Twink for a long time. He, he's no good. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many. You know. So talking about Twink, um, obviously all has got associated with the Starling family soon. So he moved, didn't he, to Market Drayton? Oh, he's moved more than once, mate. Was he? Oh, he moved to Tiberton as well in the oh, okay. early two thousands. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, he'll tell you he won the league with them as well. Truth is, Dave Knock won the league. Um, but the reality, yeah, he left us to go to Market Drayton. Um, I didn't speak to him for two years. Oh, really? No, he, not not because he left, but I just didn't speak to him. You know, we speak a lot of cricket. He left my club. Kiss me ass. <laughs> yeah. well, what, what inspired the move? He lives in Market Drayton. Okay. It's just okay. closer to home. Um, it's Again, Andy's touched on it. We like a beer, yeah. and it's hard. You know, he lives, what, 15 miles away from us now. It's hard mm. to get involved in that social side. Yeah, I get that. And then the arse of getting home, you know. He always it, comes back, doesn't he? Yeah. And... 
I'm glad to have him back. Yeah. He's come back a different player, a different person, different mindset. Yeah. He knows, a bit like me, he's coming to the end of his career and he's got to start enjoying this cricket. Yeah. You know, I think we've both chilled out maybe a bit too highly strung previously. Yeah. And, and we've chilled out a bit. There's still the, the cell in there that can go. but Plenty of uh, competitive nature in the, definitely the starting family. Definitely, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Final one for me is how, how would you say that Shropshire cricket and Allscott themselves have changed in the time that you've been playing and also where do you see it going in the future? So Shropshire cricket now, I mean, for, for me, it's got, I wouldn't say more competitive. Um, the one thing that stands out to me right now is average <laughs> players getting paid to play. Yeah. And, you know, I look at, I, I've played with a lot of good and average players mm. uh, and a lot against a lot of good and average players. The, the one thing that I really like about my club is that I will pay my subs and my membership the same as number 11 in the third team. Mm. And that doesn't happen a lot anymore. I wouldn't have it any other way for us. Yes, we're exploring overseas again this year. Um, that's a little bit different. But when average play, when you when you approach somebody and their first question is, how much? Mm. It pisses me off. Because that's the first question and that means you don't love cricket. You love what you can get from cricket and there's a huge difference. I got offered money many years ago to leave my club and it would need to be it would have needed to have been a big amount of money for me to consider leaving my club because it's my club and, and I love it. So wh where are we at as a club? Um I think we're in a transition if I'm honest. Um we we hope to have some exciting news on the horizon for a new clubhouse. Um and then on the back of that, you know, our first priority right now is to secure our status in the Premier League. Um, and for every year we do that, I see that as a real success. You know, I looked last year at the, the clubs in that Premier League, and I think we'll cover it later. You know, who who overperformed? You know, obviously, Werfield won the league. I put us up with it. We had a good season because we stayed up. Because, you know, make no bones, this time last year, I thought we're in, we're in a dogfight here. We were, but we stayed up. So that's a good year. We've got to consolidate. And then hopefully with the new clubhouse, new pavilion... You know, I look at Shelton and I see how many people are using that clubhouse now. We've got 480 houses being built where we are with a new clubhouse, getting turnover over that bar, more people using it, more juniors, more teams. Um, we want to be in a position where we actually start to look up rather than down, um, rather than over our shoulder at relegation. Let's get up that league. And, you know, I, I'm sure you've seen on Twitter this week, there's been... There's been some changes this week in um, f following our AGM, so we're, we're taking a, a bit of a you know a new age approach. So Jason and I, chair and vice chair, after you know Tim's done it for a long time, we've got to take the club forward. And and I'm thinking as far ahead as 25 years down the line. I look at Werfield. I played against them 15 years ago in Division One, and look where they are now. Now they get a lot of stick because they're paying a lot of money. But they've got great ground, mm. they've got great facilities, they've got the structure and, for me, the sustainability to do that. That's where I think other teams fail uh, and have failed. You know, it's it's clear over the last 10 years there's been clubs that have fell by the wayside because they've invested way too much on the field and the clubs have fell away. Mm. Werfield have got a good business model. Shelton, I think, have got a good business model. We want to be one of those clubs that we're growing, I say sick and tired of looking over my bloody shoulder at relegation mm. unfortunately I'm coming to the end of my career I completely agree with like 
when you're looking at the model of a club to to try and emulate Weirfield have, have done absolutely amazing and uh, as we've said yeah okay they may chuck up an accord in the first team but then their junior setup is absolutely phenomenal like unbelievable I mean you've got clubs like Shelton um, in Shrewsbury I, I'm pretty sure they have a good youth development um, side of things um, and they've got all the new pavilion and stuff like that but yeah I think out where you are you could you could pick up lads left right and centre really yeah that, that, have, you got, have you got new nets coming or not uh, we need some. With a bloody yeah. the storm just blown the last load <laughs> over, so that's a bloody waste of money. Yeah, we, we've yeah. got we've got to start right from the bottom. We've got to start with juniors. Yeah. COVID killed us. We've mm-hmm. got to a point of having three junior teams last year. We struggled to get twenty kids to to training. Okay. So we, yeah. we're starting again. You know, I make no bones about it. I know it's going to be a bloody long hard road. But I, I you know, as chairman already in the first two weeks, I've got a two, a five, and a twenty-five year plan. Yeah. Uh, we have the scope, you know, we're going to have two cricket pitches. I mean, not many clubs have that to start with. No. We're going to have a brand new two-storey uh, two pavilion clubhouse. We're going to have two new bowls greens. I mean, this is all <coughs> subject to it all being signed off. Five new football pitches. I- I'm hoping that means we've got a lot of bloody income. And, and if we're in Weirfield's position in 20 years' time and we're potentially paying all of our team or at least giving free cricket, I- I'm, again, I'm fine with that as long as what we do is sustainable. It yeah. can't ruin our club. It sounds like they've got the right man to drive it forward. Fair play. They could always sign Joss Elliott, you know. Maybe ring him in there. It, it, you know, he'd happily have free teas. Yeah, maybe one day, Carl, your uh, club will make enough money through the bar and all the various other clubs to sign Andy. Oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves, James. Jesus Christ, we haven't got that much. <laughs> Beer. <laughs> yeah, is the bar stocked is the main question yeah. when it comes that's, to Andy. It's normally the main question with us anyway. <laughs> Right, we could we could go on for hours on end, uh, but like we said, we've got the big season review to go ahead with. So anyway, this is what's to come on tonight's episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. On episode thirty-five of the Cow Corner Podcast, we review all of the Shropshire County Cricket League divisions from the Premier Division to Division Three, picking out our teams and players of the season. We also pick out the biggest surprises in 2021, along with your questions to Carl Starling. All this and much, much more on another bumper episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. Right, so we'll start with our first division and division one so in division one your champions for 2021 were st george's cricket club finishing the season on 369 points and your runners up and also promoted who will be going into the premier division were Schiffnell second 11 with 314 the two sides unfortunately who have been lost to division two and have gone down are ponsbury cc who went down with 60 points and beacon who went down in 11th on 146 points, who had a a chance to save themselves in the final game of the season, but unfortunately missed out to uh, the big talking point in Division 1, Joss, and that is Alberbury defy pre-season expectations and survive with 186 points. Yeah, it was, it was a great climax to the season. Um, it's a, I always find it's a bit weird when you're not sure whether you're going to go down or not depending on what happens in the Birmingham League. I think I've also got in the same position. Uh, as it turned out, 
Um, Whirlpool did go up, so it, it affected both our clubs. But yeah, we played Beacon last game of the season. Um, very odd game because Beacon declared on 76 odd for, for eight or seven. Because I was watching the game, they had to. Yeah, because. Yeah, you've got to do it. You've got to. You've got to Bike Had they lost up. another wicket, we'd have got yeah. enough bonus points yeah, exactly, yeah. to beat them. But it was a very strange. interesting game, yeah. But we were sort of 20 for four, chasing mm. 78. So it was a bit worrying, but we got there. Um, say we, I wasn't playing. Obviously. Who came in? Who came in to bat us? They won. Hurl carried his bat. <laughs> oh, God. Is that why we brought it up, was it? First time ever. <laughs> so I didn't carry his bat in the night out. Um, but yeah, um, sad to see B can go. Sadly, Ponsbury go, but Ponsbury struggled all year. Mm. Um, I hope they regroup next year and come back stronger because they, they really did struggle last mm. year. Really sad to see a side like Ponsbury end in last place with 60 points when it was only a few seasons ago that they... They were top well, I think they were the they? best team. Yeah. They were the best team. But also, again, the team that we played, and I think we've mentioned it before, is not the Ponsbury side that you'd normally play is it they you had know. so many strong players out consistently all year you know um, Steve Wilson didn't didn't play as many games as he normally does he's, he makes a huge difference that mm. team Pat Cudmore barely played he's, he's a good rounder Pat especially with golfer now isn't he yeah but yeah sad to see that Beacon have gone down as well and one of the seasons competitively that they haven't had an overseas as well how much of an impact do you think that's made on Beacon I've got to be honest um They've had some really good overseas over the last few years and it makes out of a difference. Uh, I mean, uh, we we took one lad on tour. Um, Nick, 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 Nick McGrath. Yeah, and, and he was a class act. And it, it does prove that an overseas is, is huge for a, a club like Beacon. Um, I thought at the start of the season, I think we all predicted, I think they were going to struggle. Um, and Ponsbury, uh, it's so sad to see him struggling like that. But, I mean, Owen Morris had a, a child... A, a few of them have had kids, as far as I know. We've all had kids, Andy. Yeah, I know, but it's it's a different generation here, Carl. Okay. You still played cricket every day. Um, <laughs> uh, but the, no, honestly, they've they lost so many players, and it, it is a big shame to see them struggle down there. But I've got to say, I went to watch that that game, Beacon versus Albury at the end of the season, and uh, it was it was good to see actually a fight at that bottom end of the table. The top end was a lot more convincing, so yeah. it was done. But the bottom little fight was was cracking. I loved it. Uh, it was, was it strange to watch it on play cricket when it come <laughs> through as seventy six odd declared for eight. Mm. Like, what the what the hell's going on here? Yeah, but it was. It remarkable. actually made absolute sense. Yeah, <laughs> it was a strange day, wasn't it, Joss? I took a catch and and carried your bat. <laughs> carried my bat. Yeah, you <laughs> the first lightning the first, struck twice. The lightning first thing the first thing I thought when I turned up and had a lot of thought, who playing? <laughs> What's he doing here? <laughs> He got lost. He's the third of the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the other end of the table, I mean, St. George's worthy winners. Yeah. Congratulations to them. And Sheffield as well. You know, they're quite a. St. George were 55 points ahead of Sheffield, and Sheffield 30 points ahead of Newtown. So yeah. clear, clearly the best two teams to go. Yeah, I think I think having played against all the teams twice all season, St. George's Sheffield were definitely the top. Well, I think you can't go further than the top five really they were the best teams there I think St George's put it through consistently then you've got Schiffnall who you know the best thing for them is that they're, they're a second team so they lost quite a lot of players because of first team availability and still proved that they deserve to go up 
which has been I know speaking to John T. They got some good old heads there. Yeah, they they've got some very good players. They're Mr. Twigger playing all season as well. Yeah, haven't they? When, I was about to say when you've got Jack Twigger playing good player, them, mate. in the back. Good player. With Will Parton's dad, Tony Parton, they're a formidable side. And then you've got Newtown, who uh, consistent, well, fantastic side. A side who finished fifth, Chirk, I think would, probably would have finished higher up the table. Where they only finished three points off third, but I think they'd have finished higher up if Andrew Swarbrick would have been available all season. Because well, he came he into the season as a, well one of the best bowlers in the league and finished as one of the best batsmen in the league. Unbelievable hitting, Joss, wasn't it? He's something else. He's a phenomenal. Yeah, he's a phenomenal. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. they, they said there was love for Andy Swarbrick. I'm, I'm feeling it now. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've was, never, I've never was... seen him, but I've heard a lot. He's it, very, very good already. I've, I've yeah, got to say, it's nice good. To, well. It's good to see Chirk do so well because you just don't know how they're going to do in the league. But mm. you know, well, all... I wonder if they'll look at that and think fifth is disappointing. I wonder, mm. having yeah. been since they what, what they entered in Div Two and. Went up straight away, is that right? Yeah. yeah. We had the COVID year and they did well then. Chirk have got a good side, but it definitely, sh- they've like most teams, they've got a few very good players who if they don't play, you, they're going to struggle. I mean, mm-hmm. Andrew Swarbrick last season averaged 72. How often did he play? Yeah. Or how often didn't he play? Well, 14 innings, which, you know. It's two-thirds of the year. Yeah. And you, you've got to get him playing. Then you've, they've still got, they've got Nick Flack as well, who averaged yeah, like he's still yeah. averaged thirty one. He's a very good player, yeah. and he's only played sixteen games. And then, you know, another player who's in the top ten run scorers is Gareth Partridge, only played seven games and averaging fifty six. You know, it's if they could get their best players on the pitch more often. I mean, Swarbrick, Swarbrick had an injured back for a lot of the season as well. And he said he wasn't yeah. bowling, was bowling spin rather than pace. Yeah. And he's a quick left arm over. Yeah, he's, he's I thought you were going to make a joke there and say carry carrying this team. <laughs> 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 and obviously you're trying to be serious. Yeah, d- but still ended up third in the in the bowlers' rankings with 39 wickets yeah. behind uh, Theo Pickin and Yian Griffiths. So definitely one to look out for next season, I think, uh, Chirk. And then you had kind of, like what we said Earlier on in the season, when we had our like mid midway review, you got Wellington, Werfield, Bowmere, Kund, a set of four sides who were all much for muchness, really, all kind of at a similar level. And Andy, as someone who knows Joey App very well, mm. gone back to captain what he would say is probably his club, would we say? Yeah. How disappointed do you think he'd be uh, to finish ninth, especially after the recruitment that he'd made in the off season? I think you'd be very frustrated, obviously, looking at the table, but there was a lot of work to do at Kund, and it, it's still the start of a, a process and a start of what he's trying to build back at Kund. Um, I mean, you've got to look at the players who've lost at Kund over the last few years. I mean, like, it's me, AJ, Zimmer, Joe. You lose them players. It's, AJ, it's Zimmer the, and Joe, I'll take that. All right. <laughs> it's the, it's the, the bug. <laughs> You can come back every week, yeah, Callum. You can. He's more than welcome. <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, no, sorry, not um, every week, every six months. Yeah, every six months. <laughs> um, but no, he'll be he'll be disappointed. But I think you can build upon it. You've got to remember he was going to be playing in Division Two. Mm. They then got promoted. So you know you've got to look and say staying up is probably what what he firstly wanted. But yeah, looking at his team, I don't think he had a settled side all season. A lot of players like dropping out. And yeah, 
I mean, you say given the recruitment that they made, I mean, the, the recruitment wasn't that massive, really. I mean, no. okay, a couple came back with him from Sentinel, but the, I think the only other one was Matt Hartshorn, who's now gone back to Ponsbury. Mm. Okay, Kyle came back with Joe. Um, Callum. Callum, sorry, came back with Joe. Uh, I can't think who else bolstered their, their first team. Adam Williams was missing as well. That's a uh, massive exactly, loss. Yeah, yeah, massive yeah, yeah, loss. Yeah, Since yeah. the COVID season, he's yeah. started fishing and yeah, he's decided not to play. But yeah, I, I agree. The recruitment wasn't great. Um, but I think he's going to go and look at the youngsters a lot more now and, and give them a go and see how they get on again. I, I think he does need a couple of signings, in my opinion. Mm. I think Owen Brain's been a revelation for oh, good, really good, this season. Good young Turning player, from good spinner player. to... Yeah. Seen bowling. He's got a yard. Yeah. He's got a yard, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how he develops. Now, Carl, I'll be interested. Obviously, someone who hasn't played in the league this season. Is there anything that surprised you with Division 1 this season or anything that stood out? You've covered a lot of it already. Ponsbury was was a massive surprise. And and I know I haven't played against them for a couple of years now, but going back as short as probably only four years, they were competing massive rivalry with us. Mm. Um, Even when we were in Division 2, we were by far and away the, the top two teams, but whenever we played each other, it, they were they were tough games, and, and that was taken into Division One, and and we obviously went up from Division One to the Prem. Uh, they competed very well, didn't they, for the first half of the year? It's like they fell off the edge of a cliff. Mm. They've got you know they had good players. Yeah, we, we didn't get on on the field, but you can't help but say they're good players. You know, you've mentioned mm. Steve Wilson, Owen Morris, Cudmore. I, I thought Mark Lewis behind the sticks was mm. was good and good with the bat. Yeah. That they were a bloody good team, and you know, it is sad to see them fall away like that. You know, even with our rivalry aside, it's sad. So that, that was the one thing, um, and I think those the other ones, Newtown and Chirk, I think they're the ones to watch out for again next year. I think mm-hmm. those who have come down, uh, Frankton in particular, I see those two of those three going up next year. That would be my thoughts so Josh same question for you really what really surprised you about certain sides this last season anyone that you thought underperformed and who do you think are your standouts to make a push for next season in Division 1 um, difficult one that I don't know underperforming possibly Bomi Heath Bomi Heath finished 8th I don't know mm. having been in the, in the Premier very recently I think they'll probably be disappointed if they look at their season coming 8th um, and they still have uh, Chris Stevens, who Chris bowls Stevens, 75 player. to 80 mile an hour. Uh, in terms of overperforming, I don't know really. I, I, I wouldn't like to single anyone out for overperforming because everyone does their best. Um, next year, one to look out for. I agree with Carl, really. I think um, Newtown, Chirk will be there. Mm. Possibly Bridge North again, who finished fourth. And um, look out for the teams coming down from, from the Prem. Mm. What about Chelmarsh? So they're coming <sighs> up come into up the league. They? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely going to be interesting because they've got Connor who's Andy, you've played with him quite a bit. He's played for Hoppers midweek. He's very good, very talented. I'm with Carl, though. I think uh, Frankton are set up to do well. They're getting overseas in. They they really, it's it's hard to say, but they've, they've struggled in the prayer. I know we've had the banter about me saying they don't warm up and all that sort of thing. They didn't warm but up and against us. They, they don't. They, they're just not those sort of boys. It's, it's a laugh. I've had a bit of a private joke with him. But... Um, they get good overseas over every year, and I don't think the lads, some of the lads, back their own ability. They've got so much talent there; it's just ridiculous. They've got so much talent, and I think maybe they'll find it more comfortable in Division Two. But they're going to go. I think they'll go straight back up, in my opinion, because I think they've got more talent there than any other team. For a few years, I've been up and down. Yeah, I think Shrewsbury might struggle. 
But again, they've got so many good youngsters. I mean, I know players that have broke into the first team this year, like the likes of Luke Formson, obviously you've you've been with, and uh, uh, a few of the, Ali Hollyhead, whatever. Is it Alfie Hollyhead? Alfie, Hollyhead. Alfie Hollyhead. They've got some really good players playing in the first. If they play in the twos, they're going to have so much experience now. Isn't the club in general on a bit of a decline from what I'm reading, what I'm seeing? It, it, I don't know, it's difficult. I mean, mm. they've gone from a club they're a huge when they got their first team out Shrewsbury they're a hell of a side and they proved it back end of the season we did it on the Birmingham pod mm. once they had all the players back they, they flew up the league and got. I think they got to 6th in the end mm. nearly 5th um, their, fir- their first team had a good result against. Uh, were unlucky against Whitchurch as well weren't they in, uh, the, in the Premier League last year I noticed who, <laughs> yeah. who was that the, the, the f- Sh- first, team. first team against Whitchurch oh yeah oh, I did see that <laughs> it was brilliant <laughs> you got a laugh haven't you um, <laughs> but um, yeah what we would say is if, if they have a first team back Shrewsbury their second team is strong um, I was quite impressed with them when I played for Central a couple of years ago I, I was very impressed uh, we only just got over the line but you know it, it depends week on week we, it? we played them we played Shrewsbury twice last year we absolutely well we were called off away but they were 80 for 8 right. and, and they weren't good I think is nice way of putting it mm. but they beat us at our place and they yeah. deservedly beat us they had some yeah. good players. It's it, I think with Shrewsbury as well, it's a lot about when, who's who's at school, who's who's back home, and things like that. And when when it's when it's out of term time, they obviously do better because the kids aren't yeah. playing. But um, going on to the standout players, we've got Andrew Swarbrick, who scored seven hundred ninety-four runs, as we mentioned, at an average of seventy-two. We've got Matthew Batkin, who scored six hundred five runs at thirty-five and a half. Uh, as an average then you've got Lewis Sedgley who scored 571 runs at an average of 51 then Joseph Samuel Yap um, 548 runs at an average of 39 Mark Bizell 500 runs at an average of 46 and those of you who are purists will appreciate Matthew Martin uh, in 8th of 418 runs at an average of 52 and Mark Jones with 362 runs in a struggling Alberbury side with the ball, we've got Theo Pickin, who won the Bowling Award this season with 42 wickets. Yian Griffiths with 40 wickets. Andrew Swarbrick with 39. Tied with Darren Moody, who also got 39. Stephen Taylor with 37 wickets. Tom Anderson with 34. George Davis, 31. Guy Leslie, 31. Sam Morris of Alderbury Cricket Club on 27. And Matt Stinson on 26. So, my question is, guys, who's your standout player for Division 1 in 2021? And we'll start with Andy. Well, I wonder who he's going to be. Seeing as the podcast, like Andrew Swarbrick, I may as well say his name, but no, I'm going to I'm gonna say, um, oh, it's a tough one, actually. He has had a great season. Hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm over the moon for my mate, Joey App, because I feel he's gone back and taking a step down and I know for a fact it's very very difficult to pop down by the way uh, Mr. Hurl is shoving a drink in his mouth and not drinking it um, but no um, honestly I just think going back as captain and it, it's hard to drop down the level of cricket when you know you've got the ability to play a lot higher standard Yeah, um, he's been injured pretty much all season 
uh, and he's he's do, he's done a good job for his side there. And you can imagine if, without that five hundred forty eight runs, they they probably would be down. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to go for Andrew, although he's amazing. He's done brilliant, you know. Um, yeah. Ooh, friend. Um, I've anyway. seen him before. I want to see him. I haven't <laughs> seen him play. I want to see him bloody play one of these days. <laughs> Carl. Look at stats. You can't go further than Andy Swarbrick. But I'm not going to pick him because there's enough people around this table who, who think the sun shines out his ass. <laughs> and I'm sure somebody else will pick him. There's two other people I, I've noted in, in that division. Uh, and I've played against neither. Um, Theo Picking in um, in Warfield. I've been to watch him quite a few times this year in the bash. Uh, another left arm spinner up there that to go with Quiney, to go with Matthew Reese. Lovely action. Takes lots of wickets. Um, but actually, my pick, you might like this, Joss, is Ewan Griffiths. Yeah, is he? Yes. No, For, no. 40 wickets. Yeah. Not not so much the 40 wickets. His team have finished four, uh, third bottom. Yeah. Um, and so that that's my player of the year in Division 1. There you go, Yaisy lad. Congratulations. That's that's the that's the award you wanted. Not not from me, not from Joss, not from, definitely not from Andy. Yeah. There you go. From Shropshire Cricket Royalty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Right, Jossa, who's your player of um, Division so 1? I miss everyone else's pick, so I had to leave the room, but I would go for Stephen Taylor from St. George's. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anyone else has gone with him. No, player. not yet, mate. Very, very consistent bowler. Um, I haven't even looked at the stats, I don't know how many wickets he got, but he gave, 37. No, run, he gave no runs away at all. Yeah. He didn't play a lot. Well, not a lot. He didn't play all the games either, I don't think. No. no. Uh, 2.46 is Econ was, yeah, mate. Yeah. 338 runs he got as well. Yeah, you know, very good all rounder. He's, he's a, he is a top player. I played against him before. We were speaking top to player. him after the game as well, and he just comes off five yards just because he wants to, rather than <laughs> rather than his normal full run up. I look, is, I look forward to good, that next year was, then. Which was good for me. I was there going, yeah, cheers, mate. I luckily only had to face like an over of him, and I was like, yeah, cheers, fantastic. Let's, yeah, but uh, you think Joss is quick. <laughs> Have you seen well, Joss I, bowl? I didn't face any of Stephen Taylor. When I, when I got my high school season against St. George's, he bowled out when I came into bat. Happy <laughs> <laughs> days. So we'll move ourselves on to our next division. Come on, our bouncer <laughs> from Jamie Martindale. Right, so enough about Jamie Martindale and on to Division 3. So on to Division 3 and we have Roxeter and Uppington who are your champions with 365 and joining them in promotion up to Division 2 next season are Wellington 3rd eleven on 358. By far and away the best two in the league by the looks of the league. And then we've got the sides going down of Wheaton Aston 1st eleven on 173. And Frankton second eleven on two hundred and twenty three. Not a great year for Frankton. Looking at that, just surviving by the skin of their teeth. Welshpool first eleven. Then you've got Maidley second eleven in ninth. Newport second eleven in eighth with two hundred and forty five. Then you've got Harpers on two fifty in seventh. Wem second eleven in sixth in two hundred and fifty eight. Which I think. We'll get on to it in a bit. Surprising considering some of the players they had playing for them this season. Willie first 11 in 5th on 263. Church Aston first 11 on 290. And in 3rd place missing out. All Brighton first 11 on 301. So, Roxeter, Wellington, All Brighton, Church Aston our top 4. So, guys, our thoughts on Division 3 this season. Start with Carl. As he's done the research. So, yeah, obviously, Roxeter, I think, if I remember rightly, quite vocal 
the year before when they didn't get put up. Um, no better way of answering than to you know win the league that you are put in. So um, you know, well done to them. Uh, obviously, our, our local neighbours as well. Uh, especially because I think they were struggling for a team mm. for a long t- period in in the off season. So you know, well done to them. Um, Wellington, you know, they've got lots and lots of players. You know, so if their first are strong, their seconds are strong. It, it flows down. It, you know, it does make it a bit easier. Um, so yeah, again. The third's playing a higher standard next year. Um, can only help them as a club. Looking here, again, go back to a few years ago when we actually played in Division 2. Disappointed and sad to see Wheaton Aston down there. Mm. You know, some, some nice guys there. Um, nice little ground. Uh, when we played there, there was actually a beer festival on next door as well. So once we'd uh, played the game, we, we popped into there. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I think if I remember right, it was nearly finished. And Camped we, up. We popped in, stayed in for a little while. Uh, and as you said, Frankton, you know, not great with their first and their seconds going down. But, you know, I, I got a lot of time for Frankton. Good mm-hmm. guys and, and some players in that second team who I've played with years, you know, played against, sorry, years ago. You know, Jason and um, Dave Powell good guys um, I'm sure they'll come back Andy yeah obviously um, Carl's just sort of nailed it on on the head well when we discussed Roxton going down uh, through the double promotion of Chelmarsh was it Chelmarsh or it was Chelmarsh wasn't it yeah yeah um, they were very vocal but we did say at the end of the day it's a year where the club they got the opportunity just to to enjoy themselves and get back to decent cricket again and they've gone straight back up and done exactly what they should have done proved to the league maybe and they maybe can look at the league and say well well, look you know we were too good to be in the league but you know you've, you've got to do it at the end yeah. of the day and they've done a good job um, lost re- three of their 22 games yeah they've had a good season they've had a good season we've got friends that play for him Joss obviously ex-player for them so he's, he's probably very close uh, again very disappointed for Frankton um, you know when you, your first team are playing in Division 1 uh, well, the Prem were last season. You know, you want your second team to be playing a higher league so that your young lads and your, your players are playing a good standard of cricket to then be promoted to the first team and uh, and be, be good enough. Uh, and then I'm going to obviously point out um, Wem Cricket Club, obviously playing for him these days. Um, I think the goal was really to get promoted. Mm. It's uh, it's disappointing with some of the talent they've got in the team. But it's, it's, a, it's a competitive league and... Um, you know, you never guaranteed anything, uh, but I think, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, when we'll be really fighting to go up next season. There's some big, like you've mentioned, Andy. There's some big clubs in that bottom half. Oh, yeah. You know, Newport, Maidley, Welshpool, mm. Frankton. You got up and coming clubs like you know, well, when I say up and coming clubs, Wheaton Aston have done well over the last few years, and they've got some good players. You know, you got Nathan Whittingham. You got all Brighton in Joe third, Marsden. by the way. Yeah, they were in the, the Division One. What? Three, four, they're in the prem not so long ago. Yeah, not long ago at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you look at them now, and yeah, they, you know, they finished third, but they're still again division three next year. Joss, yeah, um, Rockster, they're they're on a real up curve at the moment. They're a really healthy club at the moment. I, as you know, I used to play for them, but they they've got one of your former clubs, eh, Joss? One of the two former clubs I've got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in twenty years. On, on the up since you left, Joss. <laughs> <laughs> no coincidence. <laughs> Um, yeah, speaking to Joe Brown and Ian Ramsey and a couple of others, they're, they're really healthy at the moment. They, they, they've acquired a load of Sri Lankans are playing for them now. Mm. Um, and apparently they're thinking of forming a, a women's team as well, which is great. Because obviously they've been to, they merged with Grove 
for a couple of seasons at Rochester yeah. Grove. They had four teams, and that that fell away, and they you know, they really struggled. But they they're really in a good place now, which yeah. is really good to see. I think one of the things one of the players that you mentioned has shown a real reemergence this season, and in the form of the game that we wouldn't expect from him, and that is one Joe Brown bowler turned batsman, and it seems to be a theme in 2021 these bowlers are turning into batsmen and second top run scorer for Roxeter and ninth in the league this season with 434 runs and an average of 36 the best average for Roxeter just behind Rob Davis in the runs by two runs and then other friend of the podcast Dan Harris second in the wicket takers with 32 well I'm not sure if Joe Brown's a batsman or a bowler but one thing's for sure he is a bell end he is a gobshite would you agree Andy <laughs> biggest gobshite I've met in my life yeah <laughs> lad, a lad's got a lot of ability though a lot of ability and for, I, I joke he about does. he's actually actually a good no, guy he's, he, he is he good does off, for the, club off the well. pitch an absolute knob yeah I, mean, I love him I mean he this season his batting has uh, lived up to the levels his ability to sink dark fruits which has definitely mm. been a benefit and you know possibly where Rockstar have got their money to start improving the club recently yeah in fact we named the podcast take... after his only shot as well didn't we No comment. Anyway, going around the rest of the league, Church Aston, a side who have done, uh, have notoriously been kind of in and around the mid-table, started ground-sharing with Roxeter and find themselves in fourth this season. A good performance from them. So, outside of themselves, who have surprised you and who do you think have underperformed this season in Division 3, looking at the table as it is? I mean, I don't know a lot about this division. I'd be quite curious to hear Andy's thoughts on Wem Seconds. Obviously, being a WEM player, they finished sixth um, in Div Three. Obviously, their their first being in the Birmingham League. It's quite quite a golf there. Are they? He's he's texting. He's not listening to me. I am listening. I am listening. I am coming to Bridge North tonight. So, so, <laughs> don't worry, I will be finishing in a minute. So I'm I'm just wondering, would they be looking to get their seconds in the higher division <coughs> as quickly think, as possible? I think they need to breach the gap uh, yeah. because obviously, me and as all the other first teamers know, the standard is. Uh, really, really good um, in the Birmingham League. And when you've got lads coming up from Division 3 to, to then play Birmingham League, yes, there is some talented lads. There's it's no doubt about step. it. But it's a hell of a step. I mean, Sam Pete was outstanding this season coming up. He really was. He opened a bat in. I mean, some of the boy. You're going from Division 3, and I mean, it's no disrespect to us, the Division 3 bowlers, but you're going from facing them to facing a, what Worcestershire County opening county championship bowler. You know, the standard's incredible. So... I think they would have wanted to go up this season, but again, it, it, it's availability, and then. But it worked the other way as well, didn't? Didn't Craig Heath play a couple of games in the second, and Craig, the Cohen brothers? Craig or? played a couple of games, struggled, uh, unfortunately. Um, forgot his kit the one week. <laughs> Had about nine. So, so it isn't talent. It can't be talent with these names you're mentioning. No, it's, it's is it application. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean. Goes to show you that I think the lower leagues are harder to play in than the Premier. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, to be honest with you, like you got some uh, someone like Alex Olerenshaw uh, played a lot of second team cricket this year. I think he won the bowling uh, averages for the for the club in the twos. He has lots of bits. If he played all season for the twos, it might be a different, slightly different story. Zimmer played a couple of games. Um, one, I think one, he he, he was a late avail- uh, available player. And we kept with the same team as the week before. I think he was away. Uh, and then Matty Cohen, he did get dropped. He scored 4-2 at Rockster, I think. Couldn't, couldn't quite win the, win the game. But 
you know, with that ability in a team, yes, I agree, we should be doing a lot Some better. Big names there um, you just mentioned. Yeah, but there's a lot of there's a lot of good youngsters as well in in the team. I think players like Harry Astley are going to want to up the game next year. Uh, he's youngster that, to be honest, when I went to Wem, I assumed it'd probably be in, in the ones. Maybe very good batting player. batting very, top very three, good. but I don't know if his mind's gone off cricket a bit. He's on the drink. He enjoys himself, which we all do. We all hit that stage in our cricket where we enjoy our drink. I know Carl's an exception. Andy's still there, aren't you, mate? Carl's an exception that can do both. And uh, But yeah, I think he, he, he's a young lad who will learn and he will get better. Um, but yeah, I, I agree, Josh. Yeah, you brought up a good point. I think we do want to go up, 100%. Mm. And the other observation I was going to make about Wellington, fair play to them. They seem to be a very healthy club. They've got a lot of teams and they're quite evenly spaced through the leagues. I've said it before in the podcast. Mm. You know, so it's, it's much easier for them to play between yeah. between teams, I think. Makes makes a huge difference when you're close. You t- touched on where we're exactly the same. Yeah. Our second team last year, yeah, we of course, Division yeah. Six. yeah. yeah. The, the gulf is way too big. If you've got teams mm. in in the Prem two, four, and six, what a, what a great start! Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I think they've actually we played we play them on a Sunday. Grasshoppers still play a lot of Sunday cricket, and I've got to say, most of their team were third teams. Very impressed with some of their third teams. Some good young players there. Uh, the Mor- that, what's what's the Morris called? Morris uh, <coughs> Hugh Morris. Hugh, Hugh Morris, Morris from Hugh uh, Morris. came from Ponsbury. I mean, you just got to look at his talent and when they got youngsters like him moving to to Not Wellington. You know, if they got youngsters like that moving to Wellington, that's it's just huge. You know, huge for the club. So looking at the stats in Division Three, you've got your run, highest run scorer is Ian Anderson of Newport Second Eleven. Amrut who is. 631 runs for Harpers. You've got Glenn Edwards with 594 runs. Uh, Anuj Chandler of Church Aston with 571 runs. Nathan Whittingham and Joe Marson of Wheaton Aston with 476 and 440 runs. Then with the ball, you've got Grant Mackay, Josser of Frankton, former Alberby player. Uh, with 36 runs, now 36 captain, wickets. Now captain of the first team. Is he? Yeah. Ah, fantastic. First team captain. Dan Harris, friend of the podcast, with 32 wickets in second. Callum Hodson and Chris Morris with 31 wickets, along with Kieran Hatton and Ben Marson, who also got 31 wickets. Then tied on 30 wickets, Sunil John and another friend of the podcast, Adam Shimmons, with 30 wickets. Lewis Goff with his leggies, 26 wickets, and Harry Dillon with 26 wickets from Church Aston. So, guys, who is your standout player from Division 3? Um, this time we'll start off with Joss Elliott. So, to me, no one really stands out massively. If you look at the runs of the wickets, the stats, there's no one head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, so, I will pick, because he's the leading wicket taker, and I used to play with him at Albury, Grant McKay. I think 36 wickets is a, a good return. Carl? Um, a few names I've, I've noted, um, really, because I, I suppose I've played against them. Avi Martha is there year in, year out for Church Aston. Mm. Adam Shimmons, we've had a, a few heated battles, Adam and I. Um, mm. But, yeah, he's he's been a good cricketer and he's still performing. Ian Anderson, I think, Exor Brighton as well. I think. I'm sure he, he had a brother as well, Stuart, mm. in the Prem at All Brighton. Doug Reynolds... Dan Hughes, but my pick is going to be Nathan Whittingham. Again, finished bottom of the league, but he's up there in both runs and wickets. Uh, Seems to be a bit of a pattern here. The All-Scott boys picking the players who are down the bottom of the league. So uh, 
But Nathan for me. I won't say anything. Andy? Well, um, to be honest, I'm just looking at the uh, Rockster lads, and normally when teams win a league, normally their lads are, you know, in the top ten, up in the top five and doing really well. So to have Rob Davis, Joe Brown, and Dan Harris in the bowling uh, in, in the top ten, but nothing like major. I think knowing Bobby Davis quite well, I'm going to go with him. So Rob Davis from Rockster. 436 runs, uh, average of 29, but he, he, he's a good cricketer, Rob. A very good cricketer. He's had to give up keeping, unfortunately. So we'll, um, hopefully in the future he can he can kick on a bit and do well. But he's just a lovely lad he is. So I'll, I've just I've just picked him, someone, you know, plucked out in the air. Nice. And early predictions for next season? Roxeter not to win Division 3. Roxeter not to win Division 3. Yeah. That's, that's sensible. Carl? I'll be a bit more sensible. I, I've got two teams going up. I think quad twos and wem twos will be close. Yeah, I, I hope wem twos do it. To be no, honest no. with you, yeah. that'll be up there, Josser. I, I agree. I think wem twos next year will um, will. I think they'll win Division Three. And I hope that cricket is the winner. Anyway, hey. let's move ourselves on to the next division. Okay, so we move ourselves on to the next division and Division Two. So in Division Two. Your champions were Shelton second eleven. They finished on three hundred thirty-seven points. Chalmers first eleven in second place with three hundred eighteen points. Then the sides who unfortunately. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Got relegated. Oswestry 2nd 11 on 178 points, a bad year for Oswestry Cricket Club. And in 11th place, quite surprisingly, Schiffnall, third 11 on 184 points. Finishing up the rest of the division then, St George's second 11, finishing in third place with 286. Rather controversially, if uh, memory serves right, Joss, but we'll probably go into that later on. Um, knocking first 11 in fourth place with 280 the side who'd asked to be relegated last season so they're good to see them doing well again in fifth place Ludlow second 11 in sixth place Lillishaw first 11 in seventh place Sentinel second 11 a very good end to the season from that side and Fortin first 11 in eighth position Ellesmere a former first division side the last time the league system was played find themselves in ninth on 229 avoiding the drop by 45 points and in 10th place the team avoiding relegation by 30 points montgomery first 11 so 
first things first, what jumps out at you about this division? And this time we'll start with Andy. Uh, very sad to see Otto Street go down. Um, a club that's been in, I'm not going to say turmoil, but a club that's really had a, a tough, tough season. Um, and unfortunately, um, they've just lost an absolute legend of the club. I don't know if you heard Dave Vart has passed away. Yeah. I don't know if you knew uh, Dave. An absolute superstar. He used to do the race nights at the pubs. He was uh, absolutely brilliant. And uh, he, ran, he ran the club superbly. He did the ground. Um, so um, very, very sad to hear their loss. Um, you look at it, Sentinel have uh, picked up back in the season. I think Carl was talking before about uh, Sentinel picking up from a from a bad start. But Shelton have done fantastic. Chelmarsh, definitely the standout, by the way. Definitely the standout. They've, they've obviously double promotion. Um, a lot of clubs criticised uh, the league for double promoting sides, but just proves they were completely right, really. You know, they've ended up going up. It, it went to it was last gas, wasn't it? It was uh, right at the end of the season. I think them and uh, Saint George were fighting up in right right until the end. So, uh, well done, Shellmarsh. Carl. So yeah, the obvious. We, uh, you know, I spoke about Shelton. Uh, Andy called Chelmosh a standout, and there was a, somebody above them. That's controversial, Andy. <laughs> yeah, they, they they seem to have a, you know, as I said earlier, a good model. Um, getting their seconds close to their first can only be good for the club. The other thing that stands out to me, and again, it's just because I played against them not so long ago, was Ellesmere. When I played them, I say, isn't that long ago? Mm. I thought they had a bloody good bowling attack. They had yeah. some good young kids. They had John Mitchell opening the batting. They didn't. They had the the makings of a really good team. They seem to have a togetherness, which mm. matters. Um, and to see them, you know, ninth in Division Two, a bit of a shock to me. Yeah, mm. they yeah, won. Well. Mm-hmm. When we last played them, they had a <coughs> very good bowling attack and some good players John and Mitchell some good batsmen and, uh, as well. And Kieran Berry. Kieran Berry, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kieran Barry. They lost. I think they lost their old skipper as well. I think he played for uh, Schiffnell, uh second eleven last season as well. So. It's been been a bit of an interesting time for Ellesmere, but yeah, Joss, who were your standouts? Who surprised you this season? Um, well, yeah, congratulations to Shelton. They, they've done very well. Um, I think the results slipped away a little bit once they lost their umpire. Um, Central had a, must have turned the season around because I must admit I haven't paid a lot of attention to this division, although I'll be nearly playing it next year. Um, last time I looked, they were at the bottom. But they've ended up seven, so they've obviously had um, had a good end to the season. Oswestry and Sheffield, two of the biggest clubs in Shropshire, as a club. So it's sad to see those two go down. Uh, and Monty got a lot of time for Monty. Yeah. I'm, I'm pleased they've avoided relegation, but equally quite sad to see them finishing tenth when they were, I think they were at the top end of Division One not too many years ago. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, good, good, good. That. Yeah, I think there was a lot of controversy, especially among the top three, going into the final games of the season. Especially when there was a game between St George's and Chelmarsh, where St George's ended up getting deducted points, which has ultimately cost them promotion this season because of fielding an ineligible player. Has it actually cost them those thirty-two <coughs> points between them and Chelmarsh? Would it have made that much difference? Mm, well, uh, was it in the game they played against each other as well? Wasn't yeah, it, it yeah. was. Yeah. At the end of the well, day, um, we, don't, we don't want to see that happen, especially with two <coughs> friends of the yes, podcast yeah, involved yeah. as well. It's, it's not ideal. As far as I'm concerned, it 
It's one of them things. I, I think he had he not played enough enough games. Or something I think like I think he played he he'd been playing for the ones, but then he he wasn't good enough. No, he'd been yeah he'd been <coughs> playing for the ones apparently, but hadn't been doing very well. He'd been dropped into the twos, came and played for the twos, but he played one too many mm. games for the ones to be able to play for the twos, and because of that, mm. um, it was noted and the game was played. And after the game was yeah. played, I think it was brought up to the. Unfortunately, uh, the league the, after the straight after the, the game. The problem with that is the rules are the rules now, yeah. and I mean, like with Wem, um, last game in a season, like we were talking about players having to miss games mm. to miss a game, but it's the rules. The rules are brought in for a reason, and I, I'm glad in a way. I think Joss is right. They're quite a distance behind. I'm glad it's not cost them because mm. that would be frustrating. Mm. You know, I have played for a club where we've done something wrong at admin and, and lost the title. Mm. So. You know how frustrating it is, but I was on the committee. Yeah, <laughs> dickhead could have helped us out. But anyway, never mind. The shit one, happens. Yeah, one of the things I'd like to bring up as well, Joss, is it's good to see knocking up there, and especially given kind of in this off season as well. There's been a lot of talk from a lot of the what you would call the more village country sides um, about the actual start times. Yeah, so I thought you going to go somewhere else we mentioned lock in, right? Then, then Arsenal to be relegated. That, that's another thing we should, perhaps should address. <coughs> but yeah, um, I mean, it doesn't bother me. I, to me, the earlier the better, really. But, yeah. but I know a lot of these, should we call them rural, got yeah. a lot of farming communities, they struggle with early starts. They'd much rather have one o'clock or, or even two o'clock starts. Mm. Personally, I prefer them earlier, but I know it's, it's a topic of conversation out there that people do feel strongly about. Mm. I personally don't, but. Yeah, I have heard that the that you know there has been a lot when the league have put out their survey that a lot of the sides who are more rural have been trying to get the start times taken back to the one o'clock because they mm. are struggling and are losing players because of the fact that they can't get finished in time or they mm. are going mm. straight from work into the game, which they're finding a bit of a struggle. Yeah. Which again is obviously quite interesting because from my end, like kind of like you, Joss, the earlier for better for me and yeah. get finished early, get in the pub early. I mean, because the way you're, you're penalising these people that, that yeah. get their living, living out farming. Yeah. If you had a, 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 a for example, an evening <coughs> where he wanted to start at mm. four o'clock in the afternoon, farmers might say, "Yeah, that's fine. I've got any work then." Mm. And on the books nine till five, say, no, "That's ridiculous." Yeah. The only the it's only working. team this yeah. doesn't apply is Albury because they start at twelve. One o'clock, two o'clock. They'll all be five minutes fucking late. Oh mate, we we still get players who turn <laughs> up. We, we the amount of times we've played the season and we've had uh, we've had ten players out ten overs into the game yeah. and they've rocked up. <laughs> one of them even rocked up this season without his kit because one of the other lads had brought his kit. So he not only had he turned up late, but his one of the other lads was bringing his kit. It was even later, so yeah. we had to wait uh, wait on the side. His uh, mate then turns up, gives him his kit, then he gets on the pitch. His mate is then having a fag for an over. Oh god. Gets on the think of that might be. <laughs> <laughs> He's on, honestly, I love it. I turned up once to Albury and us good lads were warming we'll up. We'll have it any other way, we're though, We're warming mate. up, we're chucking the boy, enjoying ourselves, looking around, going, are we actually playing here today? Because Albury had no one there. They didn't even open up. I, I mean, Our I tell, kit was outside. <laughs> I tell, we do joke about it, but it is not good. It's really not good yeah, that, that, well. that we've got that reputation. Well, we we changed last season, didn't we? We were we were warming up and we were there generally, and that's 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 been the good thing in the green sheets from Albury that you know it's things seem things 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 seem to be going in the right direction. I think Lara Cope, she'll manage it well. She's a good captain. Yeah, she'll, she'll she'll definitely she'll, be good. Wish all luck. She'll yeah. sort the lads out. Probably, probably a good good time to uh, shout out to Lara Jones, first ever 
women captain of a Division One team. Yeah, fantastic. yeah, definitely fantastic. fantastic. Good luck fantastic to her next year. She, yeah, last season she was the first ever female captain of Overbury Cricket Club, and yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd be definitely interesting to see if there were any female captains in the top two divisions, and if she is officially the first one. I bet she is. I can't can't think there's been anyone else. But yeah, congratulations to Lara. Anyway, uh, top run scorer, an unknown player, um, come out of the blue, come out of the woodwork this season. <coughs> really good to see um, young Connick Glenn Denning doing um, so well this season. Tipped for good things, apparently. First time we've heard of him on this podcast. He's got 856 runs, an average of 57. Then second was Charles Thornton from the same side, Charles Marsh. Uh, 580 runs, an average of 52. One-man club, Chelmarsh. Um, and Adam Smith in third from knocking with 565 runs, an average of 62. Matthew Chester's of St. George's with 522 runs, at an average of 58. Then you've got Aaron Barker and Aaron Rothcock of knocking and Kinley. In fifth and sixth with 477 and 436 runs, both at averages in and around 30. With the ball, you've got Gavin Price of Shelton Cricket Club with 34 wickets, David Northwood, 31 of Ludlow, George Duncan, 28 of Ellesmere, Sam Jones, 28 Shelton, Adam Smith and James Lawrence and Chris Hughes and Matthew Sayers and Scott Kemsley. All on 27 wickets from knocking Ludlow, Forton and Ludlow. Finishing off the top 10 is Elliot Ward with 26 wickets. So, who's your standout player in Division 3, guys? And this time, we'll start with Joss Elliott. For me, it's uh, Andrew Barker of Montgomery. He um, scored 477 runs, 5th in the um, ratings and 25 wickets. 11th overall, so... Good season for Andy, and also a nice guy known to him in door, so yeah, Look, yeah, looking forward to seeing him at Albury next season. Yes, Andy, indeed. um, I'm going to go with oh, let me just get this bloody right, Carl. <laughs> a, bit, a bit more conventional for me, um, Connor Glendening for me. Um, I've obviously never played against him, um, seen his name's coming up through the ranks, um, at Division Five, Division Four, uh, and Made a beeline for the league versus the academy Shropshire game two years ago. Mm. I wanted to see this guy play. Um, he played in that game. He played again this year. Both games, the guy can play cricket. And, and that's only from watching him bat for, you know, I suppose 40 overs, 20 overs over both games. Uh, he's chipped in with a fair few wickets as well, I think, looking at it. 21 mm. wickets he got. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think 21. it's left arm tweak. 276 <coughs> actually, more runs than anyone it, else. I, I speak to him quite often, obviously, playing midweek with him. He actually had to fill in as a keeper for a while. Right. So he's scored all them runs, taking 21 wickets and kept as well. So he's uh, had a great One season. man club as well, like that. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was actually going to say, to be fair, I was going to give a little bit of a you know, shout out for Elliot Ward, who took 26 wickets yeah. for uh, for Chell Marsh, because to be honest, he obviously looked very batting heavy with um, Connor Glenn Denning being top, Charles, uh, Charles Thornton second, and Alex Starr in in seventh. So, you know, you've got to have some bowling. You yeah. know, you can't just score 500 runs and then, you know, no one get the wickets. You're not going to get results. So, yeah, I, I'm going to pick him. Well done. Do you want to talk more about Connor? I know you like, you know. Fuck off, mate. You're the one who signed him <laughs> for office. 
Right, so we've talked about the best players. Who do you think have got the best chance of getting themselves out of this division next season? And we'll start with Carl. I've got uh, St George's twos. Um, I think their ones going up makes them stronger. I'm sure they'll recruit again. Uh, I don't think they had an overseas last year. So maybe they will this coming year in the Prem. That frees up at least one place. Plus I know they'll uh, they'll be trying to get more in. That will make their second stronger. So I've got them and controversially knocking from what Josh said earlier. You know, asking to go down last year to get promotion two years later. Controversial. You know think so but leave that there Andy I'm going to go with Ponsbury I think Ponsbury putting their team out are, are going to be quite a strong side I know they've signed Matty Hartshorn back who's a big player for him um, I know Owen Morris is going to be back playing and I think that will drag has he had a baby he's had a baby yeah. okay. <laughs> Carl's this knowledge is unbelievable um, <laughs> I, I think Steve Wilson if he's playing week in week out I, I just think they could really do something next season. But then, you know, you've got the likes of Beacon. Will they bounce back? Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there. Depends if they're getting overseas. But then, I think Knocking's a good shout. But then you've got to look at, I'd say, Sentinel 2s and maybe Ludlow. Ludlow are a club on the up. Mm. I think Ludlow had a fantastic year, like we'll talk about in the Prem. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of good sides there. It's really hard to choose, to be honest. I think, as Jamie always says in most podcasts, it's harder to get promoted than it is to stay in a league. And I think... As we've seen with a lot of the sides who have been relegated, not many of them bounce straight back up. Outside of the Prem, a lot of the sides in every division, Div- Division 1, Division 2, Division mm. 3, you don't see many of them. Even even look at Roxeter. Roxeter have come back up this season, but last season in the kind of regional group thing weren't as great. You know, it's not, it's not, not set in stone that because you go down, you go back mm. up. And even though I, I'm saying that, I'm still going to go Beacon. I think that Beacon, you know, I don't think they'll lose many players, but I still think they've got a good enough side to put it together. And if Jamie Martindale can turn up enough games next season, and isn't birded all year. For I Shelton think, or yeah. for Beacon? <laughs> <laughs> if he turns up as much as he turns up for the podcast, they're, they're pretty screwed. Well, I think he played more games to Shelton than he turned up to podcasts this <laughs> he season. Probably, he, he did, yeah. <laughs> and did one anyway. <laughs> Still, it's enough. Anyway, Jossa. Uh, yeah, so Andy's definitely got it right because he mentioned every single team we got a chance of promotion. <laughs> so you got it right somewhere. Prick. But I, I actually agree with Andy. I think Ponsbury, I think they'll be up there in the next mm. year. I also will be very curious to see how Rocks to do. I would love to see Ponsby and Rockster battling horns at the top of the division at the end of next year. One of your former clubs. One having come down. One of his 50 former clubs. One of his former clubs, yeah. I've never played Ponsby. Boxer to that, mate. Pud's never asked me. <laughs> He's never asked me either. I'm one we of, one of an elite must yeah. We he must be really shocked. If you haven't been asked, you must be shocked. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, he hasn't asked me either. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I get asked every year. <laughs> we, should, we, should have, we, should, we should create a club, you know, like they've got the Golden Duck Club. <clears throat> like yeah. We should have that in Golden Duck Club. Pud never asked me. We've never had, we'll do ties, we'll do everything. I've the, got the to find Players this. who Pud's, Pud's never asked. If you've not been asked to play cricket for Ponsby by Pud, Please email us in gmail.com. Anyway, sorry, Josh. We yeah, digress. Yeah, joking part. I'd love to see Ponsby and Rockster up there. As Carl said, I'd be curious to see how knocking get on, having asked to be relegated and now pushing for promotion and apparently wanting to be promoted. That'd be, yeah, that'd be interesting how they do. Sentinel, I think. Sentinel had a strong finish to the season. I think they'll do well next year as well. So that's, that's my call. And that rounds up that division and let's move ourselves on to the final division 
and the Premier Division. Right, so Carl now we... Right, Even so Carl now... plays in it. Yeah. Leaving out as much posh behind that. Doing nothing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you, Josh. Right, so now we move on to the division that I know half of the podcast in here have been waiting for and what you've probably been waiting for at home. The Premier Division. So, this season we have Werfield finally champions on 407 points. In second, the Bridesmaids. Quad CC on 335. Quite a gap there. In third place, and they will love us saying this. Are you ready? Sentinel Cricket Club. Well done, Sentinel. Third place. Third place with 315 points. In fourth place, Whitchurch Cricket Club with 277. In fifth, Ludlow Cricket Club. Sixth, Maidley First Eleven. Seventh, Wellington Cricket Club. Eighth, Newport CC. Then in ninth, Shelton CC with 190 points. The two sides who have got relegated in last place, you've got Frankton who finished bottom with 131 points. Four points ahead of them. Shrewsbury second 11 on 135. And then quite a gap between them in 10th place. All Scott Heath first 11 with 173. And I think given who we've got here in the studio, quote-unquote, we might as well start off with that side in 10th place. So, all Scott, Carl, how is your season this season? And happy to have survived due to Werfield going up this season. So, yeah, we are. Um, we're a team right now that if we're staying up, that's a good le- That's a good season for us. Um, yes, we relied on Werfield. Um, we went and supported Werfield, and uh, they didn't disappoint. And you know they've ki- essentially they've kept us up. Uh, this time last year, we were we were reflecting on what had been said on this podcast about all Scott don't start well, and um, you know it's almost like they need the competition and they start winning back end of the season. Who said that? Um, I, I think it was all those guys who also said Raymond or sorry Sentinel were going to finish bottom two oh, or three last South, year. South Shropshire lads, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Say so we yeah, know nothing yeah, about yeah, yeah. the cricket. Yeah, the ones who aren't associated. <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, they might have something on the All Scott because we didn't start well. Um, we, we did have a chat about it. And we said let's fucking show them, but we didn't. Um, <laughs> but they they weren't right on the Sentinel thing. You know, I think Sentinel, what a great year. You know, we. We're happy to maintain our status. I'll be honest. Next year, if, if you if you ask me back here this time next year, and we're still in the Premier League, I'm snatching your hand off right mm-hmm. now. Um, but you know, we we're looking to get a few players in. We're, we've got a few irons in the fire. We we're, we're also looking at an overseas um, to make a difference. We we spoke earlier about a, a decent overseas for Beacon making the difference in Division One. I, I think if we'd have had a better overseas last year. Um, our position would have been much different. Um, mm. So, yeah, the, the the guys at the top of the league, you know, they, they sort of led the way with overseas and we're looking to steal their um, thought pattern this year. We look at um, Werfield with Tarek and <coughs> Quat with uh, Shaquille, mm. West Indian guys. So that's where we're looking this year and we're hoping to uh, momentarily announce a, a, a sign-in if you haven't seen it this morning. Go for it. So yeah, um, it's all on Jason Allen this one. Any, anybody played cricket against Jason? I seem to remember I actually hit Jason Allen for six, a very big six. He may not have landed yet. It was such a shit ball, to be honest. 
Waist high on the leg stump. First ball as well. We talk about that frequently at all, Scott, mate. Up the hill and into the wind was Jason's excuse. Fucking shit ball. I think, I, I was going to say, I think I remember, we played you in the cup knockout semi-final, or the fi- was it the final? In the evening league, a couple of years ago. No, I don't know. At, at Frankwell. And I swear, yes. Jace, Jace Allen come on, he goes, I'm going to get you out. I tried to reverse sweep him, got caught on the boundary. <laughs> for, I think it's first ball. <laughs> Oh, he's a legend, Jay, so... He's a good lad. Let's hope he's not fucked up here. <laughs> good lad. Um, so, yeah, we, we've... Um, through Jason, um, we've secured a, a young man by the name of Tashawn Elaine. I think mm-hmm. that's how you say it. Um, represented West Indies under 19 level. Uh, 22 years old, so, you know, based on that alone, I think uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're hoping for good things. It's his first time out of the West Indies to play cr- club cricket. Um, so, you know... We hope if, it, if he's anywhere near as good as uh, Tarek or Shaquille, we're hoping that'll have a big difference on, on our league standing. As I say, we've got a few other irons in the fire. A bit too early to say anything yet, but uh, mm. I'll let you know if and when things get over the line. I was wondering, actually. I, I drove past Allscoot the other day and I saw Jay on the roller already <laughs> trying to get that pitch hardened for this West Indian. You can't understate the amount of work that guy mm. does. Oh, he's the, awesome. the amount of work he does on our ground. And, and a shout out here, he's also been selected in in a couple of years time to sit on the, the shropshire yeah what one thing i would say is i i, I love his dedication because he um every time i turn up to Allscott, he's just there in yeah. the middle doesn't stop yeah. and he, he it, it takes a lot i know like someone like graham Trow, a friend of mine who's done the ground and still played and it's literally up until five minutes before you play you, you're working on the pitch yeah. but they're all morning it's just what, what i'd throw into the mix is he got two of that to do yeah he does a third team pitch as well mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, the hours he puts in are, are crazy, and and if it wasn't for the likes of him and a handful of others, you know, we'd really, really, really struggle. Yeah, he's a top man. Yeah, unfortunately, his cricket's gone off the radar the last few years, <laughs> but the pitches are getting better. Yeah, the thing, he's got some ability as well. He's talented, class, talented class player. Yeah. So, in the Premier Division, what stands out for you from this season? And I'll, I've got, we'll start with Carl, as you you're the one player who's played in the division this season. So, Anything that surprised you? Any 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 tie that you so know? so if we start with the surprises, then I'll be honest. The, the big surprise for me was was Whitchurch. I backed Whitchurch at the start of the season yeah, um, with the players they had coming in. I really thought you know they're the team to beat, um, and th- they finished fourth. And you know. We finished tenth, and I would argue we had a better season than them mm. around expectation. Um, you know, I think they're spending plenty of dollar there mm. to get people in. Uh, we beat them at home, and we beat them, you know, fairly convincingly. Um, but they had some talented kids as well, uh, and you know, Newport are another team. You know, we actually beat Newport, but over the last two years, they've had some good up-and-coming youngsters that for me aren't given the chance because they're, they're you know, putting their hand in their pocket to get people mm. over from wherever to come and play for them. And, you know, when you're finishing fourth, like Whitchurch or, or eighth, like Newport, at, at what point do you stop and go, you know what, we're going to look at our, our juniors instead? I think when we played Whitchurch, the two, their top two run scorers were both under 20. Yeah. Mm. I think mm. the hardest thing for a side like Whitchurch as well is, you know, like we've mentioned throughout this podcast, is there's quite a big gap between the first and second eleven. So mm. when the second eleven players do come up, it is quite a jump. And again, you're looking at Newport as well, and their second eleven didn't do well. They're, they're still doing all right, mm. but not 
you know, they're not as close up as you'd want them to be, maybe. And they're closer than our second but eleven. Then, uh, yeah, but uh, you want you wonder whether that's possibly where why they're investing so much money into players coming into the side rather than. I still struggle to see the output of that mm. personally, but then I'm old school, and and look at you know who did well. We we played them twice, obviously last year. Um, when I went to watch them in the playoff for the two games, and, and I've got to say, Tarek and Bazet for Werfield w- were something else in those two games. Um, at Litchfield, Jason and I went, and, and Bazet's innings of, I think he got 120-odd. Mm. It was like he was playing under eights. He, it, was, yeah. it was simple. And then Tarek came in and smashed 70 off about 20 balls. It was absolute bloody pleasure to watch. Glad they didn't do it as much against us, but it was good to watch. <laughs> yeah, he was Baz. It was someone that you know, Werfield had spoken. Well, especially Joe in the preseason had spoken about how he hadn't performed as well as they wanted to previously, but they expected big things from him this season. And boy, did he deliver, Andy! Talking about Werfield, they've they've absolutely walked it, haven't they? Um, I <laughs> hold my hand up and say I didn't expect them to win the league this year. I think we went for a for Quat to win the league, but again, they've been bridesmaids, like you said. Uh, Alex, uh, you got it wrong, mate. Um, but anyway, yeah, with, with Werfield, I'm chuffed to see him do well. I've got to say, for Shropshire cricket, though, um, it's all good winning a league, but you've got to get, you've got to qualify for the next stage. And that's why I worried for Werfield, because there's no mugs in any of the leagues. I do think they look down on Shropshire, in my opinion, mm. a lot of the other leagues. And to see Werfield just walk it, it was fantastic. It was good. I watched it. I watched it on play cricket. I just kept my eye on it the whole time. And as you said, when Bazit was going off, I was watching going, oh my God, he hit 400, did he? And he absolutely nailed it. And uh, yeah, I was very, very pleased for him. Very pleased for him. And thanks to Werfield's performance this season, it's going to be changed to win-lose next season, the playoff system, rather than the win-lose draw. Because okay. Even though they comprehensively bait all the teams, they ended up finishing second. And um, because of that, they've changed it to win lose for the yeah. next few seasons. So that's 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 another good thing. But yeah, like we said, good for them for going up and again, really kind of emphasising the the unknown strength in Shropshire cricket compared to the rest of Midlands cricket for what we are seen as by the other what you'd say Birmingham League counties. Joss, your thoughts? Who are your surprises? Who 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 are your standouts in the Prem? I'll start by congratulating Werfield on what promoters Andy's just alluded to and Carl did earlier to win that playoff. Fantastic and good luck to them in the Birmingham League next year. Um, also, well done to Sentinel who proved so many people wrong by coming third. Great season for them. They had to regroup. They lost a lot of players. Mm. They gained a few. They proved a lot of people wrong. So well done to them. Yeah. Good season for them. Um, going down, going down the league, the underachievers. It's difficult in this division because it's such a high standard, but mm. with all due respect to Carl, I'd expect Frankton and Allscott and Charlton to probably be down there. But to see Shrewsbury and Newport and Wellington, the bottom half, surprised me, you know, three of the probably the biggest clubs in, in Shropshire in terms mm. of teams in size. Um, I'd expect them to be in the top half, but they haven't mm. been. But, but a good division, uh, yeah, really, really good. Exciting season, and so pleased to see Werfield go up. Yeah, very happy to see Werfield go up. And again, it's similar, well, it's the same names at the top, and it's good to see Sentinel bouncing back, as we've mentioned, friends of the podcast. 
pretty much what you said, Joss. Very surprised to see Wellington down there in seventh, given the season they had last year. Very happy to see Ludlow up in fifth. You know, Luke Miles, friend of the podcast, predicted that they do well this season. Got a good overseas and himself and Will Sparrow and Joe Williams, all three having spectacular seasons, really pushing Ludlow on this year. Yeah, and, and again, even though they finished fourth, Whitchurch, you'd have ex- I, I, I tipped them to be up there and to mm. be really challenging. And for them to be 130 points off, the team who finished top is a big surprise for me. Nice to see Maidley in at sixth. Again, Frankton finishing rock bottom. Sad for me because, you know, I've I got a soft spot for Frankton. But also very happy, even though he's in the room, to see Old Scott finishing a lot clear of the relegation zone. Even though we talked about them being close to being relegated because of Werfield, it's a lot different from them this last time there was a league season where they pretty much did it on the last day, which was drama in its own right to now having that 40 point gap between them and Shrewsbury a much bigger difference you know and hopefully something to build on and just showing that not necessarily because you come up you're going to go down necessarily and hopefully building some bridges towards future seasons so before we move on to the players who have done particularly well Andy all right so um obviously for me it's been very pleasing to see Sentinel do so well and I think from one having of your former clubs, yeah, one of my one of my many former clubs, uh, having Carl here actually, we we spoke a lot about uh, teams bringing through youngsters, and I think Sentinel, I actually tipped them to be fourth in the in the preseason preview. Uh, a lot of players were saying that they would finish lower down and down the bottom and struggle. Uh, James Shaw's done a fantastic job, but I've got to say, like youngsters like Johnny Evans who came in, I don't yeah. know if you saw Johnny Evans play this year. Yeah, he um he's he's done absolutely fantastic for a young kid to come up from Division Four uh, and and do so well and be chucked in the first team. I thought Sentinel have done a great job with their youth and for them to to give youth a good go. I think they've done a great job and they got a great overseas this year. Kyle Klein was fantastic for Sentinel. They really were crying out for an opening bowler and as a batsman, he, he's he's done a great job. But looking through the league, I, I just. It was so hard, and it well, it really was hard when we did the preseason preview to to pick where everyone was going to finish. It, it's such a tough league. Uh, I mean, Quat tipped to finish first. They've been they've been absolutely outdone this year by yeah. Werfield. Um, Central finishing third. I thought they were going to finish fourth. Um, Whitchurch definitely a surprise, but I do think this is something to do in, in cricket. The togetherness of a team. It is what you need sometimes. And I've got to say, you know, seeing the players they'd signed, it, it might take a couple of years for them to become a side because there's a lot of new faces there and they have got some good youth. I completely agree with Carl. Maybe with the one that was really hard. They signed a few players, thought they were going to do a bit better. Ludlow progressed, done very well. Wellington, I think, proved that we were absolutely spot on um, saying that last season really wasn't a season where you can really look at a team and assess a team properly because they had a fantastic year last year. But unfortunately, they haven't quite done it this year. Um, and I'm not that surprised where they are. But as a club, I think they're fantastic. They're doing fantastic. Every other team's doing great. Down the bottom, though, I've got to say, I'm slightly surprised Shelton weren't a bit higher. I've got to say, I'm not no disrespect to you, Carl, but... I I think staying up was definitely the, the the way forward for you. And I think from the sound of it, you're going to be a club that are rebuilding now. And 
I, I really just hope you keep staying up in that league and you will just keep progressing. And I think you will, without a doubt. And again, very sad to see um, Frankton go down. Shrewsbury twos again. It, it it depends who they get out on the day. So for Shrewsbury, I think Shrewsbury first had a hard start to the season. I think it really showed in the second team. Yeah, which we shall and you're looking at Sam Griffiths only bowling 125 overs. Yeah, surprising. You know, taking 20 wickets, this is massive. You know, Simon Jones bowling the most with 170 overs. Yeah. S- taking 38 wickets for this, it's very mm. good. And obviously, good to see friend of the podcast and friend of us in general, Pavel Kumar Sahar, having a breakout season in uh, the I Premier think, Division. I think they've signed well. They've got young Dan Walker there keeping. They're looking at some young lads, and I know they've been looking at a few lads this season as well. So there's nothing confirmed, so I'm not going to say anything. You know, but and you've got the boxless yeah. wonder, Sam Matthews, 316 runs, at an average of 52. You know, some good players there at Shelton. But um, moving on to the players, leading run scorer Shaquille Richards, 657 runs at an average of 50. Bazit's a man, 642 runs at an average of 37.76. Maz, 585 runs, an average of 34 up there again. Imash Udayanga, 550 runs at an average of 45. Oliver Plank, 546 runs, an average of 42. In sixth place, 536 runs, an average of 38.29 with a high score of 111 not out. 450s, 100 is the one, Carl Starling. In at seventh, Andy Jones, 523 runs at an average of 37. Will Cook in at eighth, 505 runs at an average of 42. Jason Oakes, 489 runs at an average of 28. And Tom Whitney with 481 runs at an average of 37. With the ball, Joe Williams, 52 wickets, three five-wicket hauls, a best of seven for 31 from Ludlow, Dylan Sedera from the relegated Frankton, 47 wickets with a best of 7 for 18 with 4 5 wicket hauls with an econ rate of 2.93. Dan Lloyd in at third with 43 wickets with a best of 8 for 58 with 3 5 wicket hauls with an average of 2.86. <coughs> Kashif Hussain, 41 wickets. Kyle Klein, also with 41 wickets. Then you've got Simon Jones, 38 wickets, the best of 7 for 47. Will Weir with 37 wickets, with the best of 6 for 21. Then you've got Martin Boyle, 36 wickets. Jimmy Shaw, the nicest man in Shropshire cricket, with 35 wickets, with the best of 7 for 25. And then rounding it off, Ryan Brown, 34 wickets. A best of fourth of 21. So, guys, my question for you is, who is your standout player from the Premier Division? Well, I'll go with, it's not just because he's here, I'm going with Constable. <laughs> <laughs> Beat me to it, I was as well. Fair play. It's yeah, the fact that he's 20 years old and all the rest <laughs> of the fuckers. Well, so, yeah, probably said six runs, which is no, team, no bad teams in itself. But as he's alluded to all night, his team finished 10th. Yeah. So for him to finish 6th in the batting. And I think the next best batsman in, in all Scott's stats is 26th in, in the stats. So a uh, superb effort from Carl. Mm-hmm. And with all due respect, he's younger than I am. At his age, to still be tuning out the runs is superb. So well mm-hmm. done, Carl. 
goes to show as well if you come on the podcast you don't get any favors no. whatsoever and we don't <laughs> talk about you <laughs> okay andy really tough one um i think knowing that sentinel were going to struggle this year kyle's done a fantastic job um i know he's not that high up in the batting but to be 14th with 428 runs and taking 41 wickets they really needed someone to step up this year and I know he's an overseas, uh, and that's what he's here to do. Um, but I did chuck him for a roof halfway through the season. <laughs> and then he broke his leg. He also can't drink. He tried <laughs> yeah. drinking with the All-Scott boys twice he? this year. Yeah, but you, you boys are a different level. So he, he is a massive standout for me. But I, I've i got to say, like looking up, up, up that table of the batting, like Carl, 536 runs. He's... How old are you, 60? Um, <laughs> like, just been keep, keeps going, doesn't he? And I've got to say, without that 536 runs, they just, they just probably wouldn't have stayed up. So, yeah, Carl, well done, mate. You've done a great job there. Okay, Carl. So, the one player who's played in the division this season, who has been your stand-up? Can't vote for Who's been your stand-up? It's me. Who's been your stand-up player this season? So, yeah, a few names that stick out to me. I, I'm a bit different to Andy. I, I sort of discount the, the overseas and the, the people getting paid because that's what they're, you know. I don't get a round of applause well, when the, I do my job at work. In which case, he's gone through himself. He's, go for himself. he's no, the only one not no, getting paid. No, no, <laughs> let's go, I was about to say, let's go on to page two of the stats. Yeah. And <laughs> um, so, so the names I've got down, i I got Joe Williams at Ludlow. Yeah, anybody, 52 wickets in the Premier League. Mm. You know, pretty good going. Um I've got Ollie Plank, 546 runs. Great effort. Mm. Um, Dan Lloyd is worth a mention. He's got almost 400 runs and 43 wickets, but what I'll throw into the mix is he got 200 of those runs and 10 of those wickets against us. So actually, take those off him, and he's, he's been pretty crap. So sorry, Dan. <laughs> um, he plays for Shropshire still. He certainly does. <laughs> eh? Nice guy. Um, Will Weir. You know, I've, again, played against Will for a long time. And what, where was he, James, in the list? He was up there, wasn't he, in the bowling? Well, we're seventh, Will, yeah. From Weirfield. Will Weir, seventh in Is the bowling. Is he back in the ones? Yeah. Well, he's so, a good player, Will. And, and again, watched him, in the, he played in, the ones? Watched him okay. in the playoff, opened the bowling forum, taking wickets. Yeah, yeah, wow. Good um, player, good player. My, my player of the season, and, and I, I was torn here between Ollie, Ollie Plank at Quat and this guy. Um, I suppose I'm... I've I've been swayed by the fact that he he actually went to finals day just before COVID the last the last finals day at Edgebaston before COVID um, with the All Scott boys and we had an overnight there is uh, Matthew Reese from Weirfield. Mm. Every time I see him bowl, you know he impresses me. Uh, I, I don't know his stats, but I know he's up there. He's a kid. He was in that Shropshire game that you played, Andy. Or, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he came on. I think he took a three for in that game as well. Um, Good bowler, nice kid. Um, mm. Wish he'd come and play for us, but he won't. Uh, so, slightly left field, but I'm going to go for Matthew. Mm. Didn't want to sign for us, but mention him on the podcast. Maybe he'll is, come across. Is, is he a spinner? Uh, another left arm spinner at Worthfield. Because, here's <laughs> a question for you. The, the Finished 14th, for those yeah. of you who are interested, at 31 wickets. Uh, yeah. Best of five for 28, two five wicket alls, econ rate of 2.99. Yeah, okay, so... In, in the Birmingham League, I've noticed that it's more seamer-friendly. I think the spinners have done okay, but definitely not as well as the spinners in the Shropshire League. Do you think they need to sign a So that's going to be in, really interesting for Warfield because, you know, Tarek aside, it's a spin attack. Do you think they need to sign a seamer then? 
or do you think their their left arms are the, are that good? Because I played against them before, and I I gotta say I hate left arm spin. <laughs> By the look of the stats, the not league, easy, not the easy. Premier League hates left arm spin. <clears throat> oh yeah. Um, I, I don't know, Andy. I don't know what the Brum League's like. Yeah. Uh, if you're saying they need a seamer, Tarek was good. Yeah. If they need back up to him, yeah. then maybe they do. Um, you know, I've probably been a bit harsh there on Joe Williams. If you go in on numbers, that guy would be player of the season. I don't think I've played against him, but yeah. 52 wickets in no. that league. I've, he, he rags it, it. It's hard going. Yeah. It's hard going. Yeah. And it's he hasn't been playing long either, which pisses me off even more. Just yeah. picks up the ball and then can bowl left arm spin like that. But yeah. a little bit more bias and, and picking Matthew because he came on the piss yeah. with us. Well done though, Joe. You've done a fantastic yeah, job. Great, 52 great wickets effort. is some achievement. Yeah. Fantastic. And that moves us on to our penultimate segment. Okay, so we asked you, the listeners, to set us some questions to ask Carl Starling, <laughs> our <laughs> guest. So, Carl, are you ready? Here are some of the questions that we've been asked. So, the first one comes from Frankton CC, and they ask, how much does Carl really like bearing with FCC? So, yeah, they, they've got a soft spot in my heart. Um, I think mainly because when, when I broke into my first team, bloody hell, early 2000s, Frankton were always in the same league as us. They're good guys, and, and we beat them twice this year, mm. but on both occasions they had plenty of beer. Mm. My type of guys. I happily bought a round of beer for them at their place and, and provided them with lots of Budweiser at home as well. <laughs> and not just because we'd beat them, because they're genuinely good guys. Mm. I think Andy gives them too much stick about not warming oh, up. Oh, here hey, we go. Hey, hey, there we go. Hey, I, get, I get on with them just as well as you do. They, <laughs> they, they are the best bunch of lads, but it just needs got to warm up. Got a lot of love. We just need Frank's to warm up, don't this podcast. And uh, <laughs> the next one, also from Franks and Cece, similar theme, uh, slightly different though. How much does Carl really like making runs at FCC? Hashtag saves them for Frankton. Yeah, um, they helped boost my average last year. I think I scored 70-odd away and, and walked. I love you know, it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Gloved it behind. The umpire said it was the... Uh, the arm but it was the top of the glove so i walked uh 70 and 111 at home not out so yeah what's that leave me uh, 190 odd average against them last mm. year thanks boys yeah. <laughs> so your real average for the season was um 15 yeah i gave, I gave dan lloyd shit didn't i like <laughs> 200 runs against us yeah, brilliant. the next one comes from rich addison and he asks how hard was the chance Burkitt put down against Maidley away last season? Okay, so actually I'll tell you, so Dickie, Dickie's our second team captain, Rich Addison. He's actually in Jamaica at the moment, so he sent that from Jamaica. Brilliant. Um, Twink was bowling, which isn't good. You don't want to drop a catch off Twink. Oh, God, no. I, I, I shit you not, right? And I'm not saying this just because it's Burkitt. <laughs> I have never seen an easier catch put down in any level of cricket, any age group, um, how, how shall I describe it? He was a short third man off Twink, and he's given it a big hoo-yah, top edge, and it has literally lollipopped to third man. He's he's waited, and, and I, I don't even know how he put it down to the to the point where all the Maidley guys on the balcony started pissing themselves. <laughs> uh, we'd already lost the game by that hey. point, so it wasn't the end of the world, but... <sighs> Genuinely, never seen an easy catch put down in my happens life. Happens though, done it, Josh. Do the hell does yeah. it most <laughs> He does it most If that could happen to any player at all, if if you told me there was a player dropped a dolly, I would never expect it to be Burke. He's just that good. Yeah, he made made up for with his batting though. I think he scored twenty that day. Oh, did he? <laughs> 
Is that his top score of the season? Or? It was his joint top score of the season. <laughs> I love it. And next one comes from another friend of the podcast. One James Ralph asks, there aren't many players that have scored the weight of run Carl has throughout his career. His commitment and his family commitment to Old Scott has been very loyal and immense. But does he ever regret not having a season away to play with one of the clubs in the Birmingham League just to tick that box so not to nag at the mind what if? I think he would have had no trouble adapting as Carl is not only a very clean hitter, but he knows his game inside out, waits for certain balls, plays only shots he wants to play and has a very strong cricket mind. James, right, I'm, g- I'm going to turn this round, James. As an ex-Shropshire captain, when I was in my heyday and, and, and wasn't a bad little player, do you regret never picking me for Shropshire? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, well, there's players from Shropshire Bram that do play for Shropshire these days. Um, <laughs> I, I suppose, it, it, in all seriousness, to answer mm. the question, no. Andy and I were chatting off air mm. earlier. Um, I sometimes think, what if? But I certainly never have any regrets. And I mentioned it earlier and get, you know, get sentimental. It's really because of me, dad. I think, you know, he, he gave me my, his blessing to leave, but I would have felt that I was betraying him if I was to leave the club. Could I have, could I have been, could I have played at a higher level? I don't know. Um, my, my style of cricket isn't your, you know, typical style of cricket. And, you know, I could have gone to the Birmingham League and I could have gone duck, 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 duck. And at that point, a team might have gone, you know what, he's shit, we need to get rid of him. Mm. But the style of cricket I played for, you know, 20 years is I might go duck, 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 but then I might go ton as well. And then maybe, you know, a bigger score. Averages are averages for a reason. But, you know, you you mentioned me stats earlier. There's a shitload of ducks in there. Mm. There's no two ways about it. But there's runs to go with it. So it would all depend on the philosophy of what team I was going to, if they were going to buy into... Carl's here for 12 months, 24 months, whatever. Um, but but from, I have absolutely no regrets. I love my club, uh, arguably as much as anybody loves any club in, in Shropshire. Yeah, this is an interesting question, Andy, because I know this is something that you wanted to ask on the podcast, and obviously you had a very interesting conversation off air, so I'd be very keen for you both to have that same conversation on air. Well, no, well, well, we won't have a conversation. I'll just say, what, what I said before was, um, obviously... Someone of Carl's ability. Um, I played against a lot of players, um, a lot of batsmen, and I think a lot of clubs might have. I did ask you if, if teams tried signing in the past, but I think looking at Carl's sort of stats, you may think he's a player that's maybe a bit agricultural, waxed here, there, and everywhere. Hits a lot of sixes, a lot of boundaries, but from what I've seen of Carl in the past, is he, he plays in the V. He knows his shots. He knows his game. He will go over the infield early on. He backs his game. A lot of good bats with like Graham Tro. I was talking about over the years for Kund have done the same thing, and I, I I have no doubt he would have done it in the Birmingham League. But I've got to say, credit where it's due, to to stick at a club long term. I think uh, you can tell by the passion you talk about. It, it, it's a passionate thing for you, and I, I think you've done the right thing. But it would have been nice to see you. It, it, it I think every cricketer. I mean, Graham Tro didn't play Prem cricket till he was. It was only six six years ago, seven years ago. He never played Prem cricket. And that's a player that everyone looks at and goes, he scored 50, you know, similar runs to what you've scored. Um, it, it would have been interesting, but I, I think you've done the right thing, really. It's. I, I, I think I could have... Uh, the notes is really bad. Oh, it's unbelievable. 
your your uh, dedication yeah. towards Sky is incredible. It really is. Me and Joss have played for thirty clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you I could have twenty eight then. You know, I, I think I could have done. The reason I'd say that is, you know, going back to when I was <clears throat> probably in my prime, I'd represent the League Eleven, mm. and we played some bloody good teams. Probably. Then you know, in the in the I think Staffordshire and Chester League, th- there were there were no mugs. I remember them rocking up with bloody four six foot five bowlers, yeah. and um, it it was tough, but I did okay as well. Mm. But yeah, definitely no regrets. I'll I'll be there for another one. I'm an but I still, forty-three. I'll be there for another forty years. I'll still say I reckon you could have done it. Definitely had the ability, had the game. Knows his his game. I think he's nailed it there. By the way, um, Ralph, yeah, yeah. I, you know your game. Yeah. And I and I think you as you got older, everyone was saying, like, "Oh, well, he's still he's still got it. He can still hit a big ball." Backs himself. Yeah, you say you get some ducks. Everyone does. But the way you play cricket. You back yourself, and that's one so one it, big thing to teach kids. I'm if sure. you bowled eighteen point five overs at him now, <laughs> how many runs do you think he'd score? <laughs> My record against Carl, fuck all, I wouldn't get out. <laughs> but he'd probably score a lot of runs. But he, uh, honestly, we we talk about uh, players that have had my number over the years. I I really can't think of any other cricketer that's had it as as much as Carl. Probably is my nemesis. I, I've always pitched it up. Everyone knows my game. I pitch the ball up, let it swing, and I nibble it around. But I give that ball as much time to move as possible. Half and, and I've got to be honest, going up that level this year, I have found a lot of players, they respect you early on a lot more. When I play against Carl, he will go bang, six. It, it, honestly, first over, you bowl a bad ball, he'll hit me for six and say, right, you've got to... You're going to have to change. He, heard, that's, he that's hears the good. bowling machine warming up, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's very well known for bowling a lot of half volleys. But I've done all right with half volleys in the past. <laughs> so, Carl, my question is, outside of yourself, obviously scoring a, a, a ton of runs, who would you say is the other best batsman in the Shropshire League in the time that you've been playing cricket? Don't really have to say it's me, Carl, just come here. <laughs> you did it, Jace Allen. Just because you hit Jace Allen for six, unfortunately, it doesn't quite get you there. <laughs> I'm sure you're not the only rubbish batsman to hit him for a six. <laughs> so not not played with, sorry, not played against. I have to give me mate a big shout out, Jay Allen. I don't know where he sits on the all time, but I, I said for the last twenty years, technically he's a better batsman Ooh. than me, and, and I'll probably stand by that now, even though he's. He's going off the boil the last year and he's bought another four bats to try and put that right. <laughs> um, Ninth in well, by play cricket with 7,995. Yeah, that's, that's not a bad return. Um, again, probably biased because of our personal relationship. Uh, and then two other names would sort of come to mind. One being Ian Gillespie. You know, back in my heyday, Class. I think 2010, 2011, I think Ian and I... We we competed as top two run scorers in Shropshire, mm. you know, talking a thousand runs a year, you know, it was good competition. He was bloody good, and to be mentioned in the same bracket as him for those two seasons, you know, I'm proud if I'm honest. Oh yeah. Um, but if you had to nail me down to one, I'm gonna throw the name of Mal Serplet out there. Um, not not just because he loves a beer as well, so he's got the same ethics as me. Uh, you know, try and score as many runs as you can, then try and get as much Jaeger down your throat as you can. Um, but yeah, just he makes the game look easy. He's a different, completely different type of batsman to me, but makes the game look so easy when he's in full flow. I, I've got a quick story about Mal. We played at Raymond. Well, yeah, it was Raymond then, Sentinel now. Um, probably six, seven, eight years ago. And again, my mate at first slip, 
put him down first ball. Mal went on to get 161 not out that day. So, uh, yeah, it didn't cost us much. I think you've nailed, absolutely nailed on the head there. Ian Gillespie was different level. He was obviously at Shrewsbury for quite a while, wasn't he? And he could bowl. Oh, he was a head of it. I don't know, to think someone could be so good at tennis. Uh, I mean, he's obviously his first sport's tennis. I mean, cricket, just so natural. Uh, and playing with Mal over the years, pff, unbelievable. Absolutely. So, so tight. And I think if he didn't, if the beard, the beard didn't get in the way, <laughs> if he was a fit Mal, he and would be in, I wasn't going to say anything. He, he, honestly, that bloke's incredible. Incredible. I moved to Sentinel. Everyone thought I moved, my mate Joe, my mate AG. I wanted to play cricket with Mal as well. That was one big appeal for playing at Central because he's that good. And there's a story there about the Abadu at um, All Scott one night is is for another another show I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and I look forward to hearing that one. Okay, and that moves us on to our final section. So we come to the end of our bi-yearly podcast, and. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic and I've really enjoyed getting back together and we'll make sure that we definitely do another one very, very soon. All this leaves me to say is make sure, obviously, you follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to leave us your comments as well. And you can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast and Spotify. And all it leaves me to say is thank you very much, Carl, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to have a legend of Shropshire Cricket come on the podcast and uh, I can hopefully everyone's really enjoyed you having on. And hopefully it is not the last time that we get you on this podcast. And I think I speak for everyone, well, uh, us three around here, which I would say I'd very happily have you on uh, once again. Just please not bowling at him. <laughs> thank you I'm sure I've got a target on my head for next year now with some of my comments I think you've been very good Carl I think you spoke really well yeah I'll, I'll echo Andy and James and talks well. thank you so much Carl you have spoken really well it's been really interesting listening to your, your reminiscences of uh, your time in Shropshire Cricket thank, so you, thank, you. thank you and especially when we get to hear about Andy's other ton anyway um, thank you very much Jossa as always and thank you very much Andy thank you Hill and thank you very much to you the listener for listening this has been another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast and we'll see you on the next episode goodbye Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.